Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. Now with 75% less sickness. Yay! <laughs> this week we return to the ever-giving wellspring that is the Sailor's Word Book. An alphabetical digest of nautical terms, including some more especially military and scientific, but useful to seamen, as well as archaisms of early voyagers, etc. By the late Admiral W.H. Smith with a Y, revised for the press by Vice Admiral Sir E. Belcher, published 1867. Why are we doing this? If you don't know by now, then you don't know us at all. (laughs) Nice. But the short version is, we're boat gay. We're gay for boats. We all got boat gay, I'm sorry to announce it this way, but yes. We will not be reading the entire book on air because many entries are technical and boring. Also, it's over 300,000 words long. However, some entries are too good not to share. Such as these, under the heading of H. Like, Hagboat. Hagboat. Now that's a boat that has an unpleasant lady on it. The Sailor's Word Book tells us, see Heckboat. That's the boat that's going straight to Heck. And when I scroll down to Heckboat, it tells me the old term for pinks. Latterly, a clincher-built boat with covered foresheets and one mast with a trysail. Why is it called the Heckboat? God only knows. Oh, there's no explanation. No. (laughs) There's no explanation for either Heck or Hag. (laughs) They've left us with this and this alone. Hag's teeth. Oh, hag's teeth. That's chicken teeth. You know... The book doesn't bring up chicken teeth. Oh, well. The book does say to see Hake's teeth. And when we go to see Hake's teeth, we get those parts of a matting or pointing interwoven with the rest in an irregular manner so as to spoil the uniformity. At which point we are told, see pointing. And under pointing we find, in soundings, see Hake's teeth. Well. (laughs) So I think the letter H is perhaps the point at the book where the editor was like, you know what? The previous seven letters have been mostly fine. I don't think I need to edit the rest of this. (laughs) (laughs) Hail, fellows. Well, that's how you say hi. Messmates well matched. Oh, okay. So they're like boyfriends. Yeah, you know what? You could say that. (laughs) (laughs) See also, hail, fellow, well met for a friendly person. The original meaning was sincere, but now it means some stranger being way too friendly for no reason, a.k.a. the Midwest experience. (laughs) Is that true? I mean, that's my own definition, but... I trust you. Thank you. Halcyon Piscator. The Piscator from the good old days. (laughs) (laughs) Also known as a kingfisher. The bird? Yes. Oh. This beautiful bird's floating nest was fabled to calm the winds and seas while the bird sat. This gave rise to the expression Halcyon Days. Oh! Because in the ancient world, and in passages uncritically repeated by medieval bestiaries, the kingfisher was supposed to build a nest at sea on the winter solstice, at which point, I guess, if you're in the Mediterranean, it's just weirdly calm for two weeks. Huh. And so those days are the Halcyon Days because they are peaceable enough, even in winter, for a bird to nest on the sea. Literally none of this is true. Kingfishers do not actually build floating nests. They have horrible little golem holes and riverbanks filled with fish bones. I love them so much. (laughs) (laughs) Follow for more terrible bird facts. It is cute that they, like, inspired an entire turn of phrase, though. It is, yeah. Seeing with half an eye. That's when you're not paying attention. Discerning instantly and clearly. Which, again, sounds like the exact opposite of what they've just said here. Dee's definition makes way more sense. (laughs) Yay, I win. (laughs) Take that, dead naval officers. (laughs) 
half laughs and purser's grins. That sounds like a Decemberist's track. I'm not going to lie to you. Right? (laughs) So much of this book sounds like a Decemberist album in the making. It is hypocritical and satirical sneers. Oh, so its menacing quality was on purpose. It was. Half man. Half beast. The werewolf. (laughs) A landsman or boy in a coaster undeserving the pay of a full man. In a coaster? Like they're keeping him from getting stains on the counter? Yes. No, it's like a boat that goes along the coasts. Oh, okay. (laughs) Gotcha. Half seas over. That's the distance. uh, That's how far it is away. Half seas over. (laughs) Down the ocean a piece? (laughs) Down the ocean a piece. Half seas over. In the sailor's word book, it is defined as nearly intoxicated. That's a handy term. Handsomely. Handsomely? That's my boyfriend. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's when you get paid real well. You get that big money. Signifies steadily or leisurely as lower away handsomely when required to be done gradually and carefully. The term handsomely repeated implies have a care not so fast tenderly. Okay, that's not how I would have read it, so that's interesting. And the moment I read this particular definition, all I could think was the comedic misunderstanding potential for certain fanfictions. Just, you know, a quartermaster repeatedly yelling at his crew to do things handsomely. And everyone's just like, alright, I guess I'll rip the front of my shirt open. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're all like swaying (laughs) when they walk. Kind of bulging the pecs a little, like, all right, I'm doing a handsome. They're in the raking trying to do the boobs and butt pose. (laughs) To hang aback. That's when you're not moving forward because you're trying to catch the gossip. Shockingly close because the definition as given is to be slack on duty. Oh, (laughs) nice. Hang on her. That's you can't fall off the boat. That's the the one thing you can't do. (laughs) Number one rule of sailing. (laughs) You gotta hang on her. Don't fall off the boat. That's the big one. In rowing is the order to stretch out to the utmost to preserve or increase headway on the boat. So you really want to hang on those oars. Oh, okay. Getting into a Hank. Well, you have to ask him permission first, but I think Hank can tell you what that's all about. (laughs) (laughs) It is irritated by jokes, with a Hank being a hoop for holding sails in place. Oh. Hard bargain. Well, that's when the devil challenges you to a fiddle-off for your soul. It is a useless fellow, a skulker. A skulker? A skulker. Hard up. (laughs) Ask Hank. (laughs) Used figuratively for being in great distress or poverty struck, obliged to bear up for poverty bay, cleared out. Okay, yeah, that is what I actually thought. Hard up in a clinch and no knife to cut the seizing. Well, you're really fucked now. (laughs) Exactly, it means overtaken by misfortune and no means of evading it. (laughs) Harpcock. Uh, Well, have you ever had a really romantic night with the harpist? (laughs) It is an old modification of the harpoon. Oh, okay. What did it do? Cocked it? By modification, they mean an old, different way of saying harpoon. Oh, okay. I thought they meant, like, fucking sick sick mods to street race your harpoons or whatever. Yeah, you've heard of an axe guitar? Check out this harpoon harp. (laughs) Haslar hags. Well, when you go to Haslar, you meet some unpleasant people. Shockingly close, it is the nurses of the naval hospital at Haslar. Oh, Haslar is a place. Haslar is a place to... Remember this, please. Hatchway. That's when you go into a hatch. Correct. It is a square or oblong opening in the middle of the deck of a ship, of which there are generally three, the fore, main, and after, affording passages up and down from one deck to another, and again descending into the hold. The coverings over these openings are called hatches, as in batten down the hatches, in the case of a storm. 
Goods of bulk are let down into the hold by the hatchways, and until I read that sentence, it had never occurred to me to wonder how they get big things inside of ships. Yeah, you know what? I never really asked. I just took it for granted that they got it in there. I just kind of saw that they had big things in them, and I was just like, well, that's good that they're there, and then moved on. Yeah, I was like, yep, checks out. Anyway, nothing to see here, folks. Move along. But yeah, it turns out having three giant holes in your deck that go down to the hold is super helpful for that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I think we should have that on more vehicles. To lie under hatches stowed in the hold. Terms used figuratively for distress and death. Wow, it's not as spooky as I thought it would sound. He's stowed in the hold, he is. <laughs> Hatchway nettings. Uh, those nets that you put there so people don't fall off. Exactly right. Netting sometimes placed over the hatchways instead of gratings for security and circulation of air. They arrest the fall of anyone from a deck above, which is very useful when a big important feature of your cargo-laden ship is the three giant holes in the deck. <laughs> I just... I'm trying to imagine seagoing life after the invention of hatchways. But before the invention of hatchway nettings, what must have been a very short period, but a very exciting one, (laughs) where everyone's just kind of pitching over through the three giant holes in the deck. (laughs) To haul. And that's when you have to haul things down those hatches. Correct. It is an expression peculiar to seamen, implying to pull or bows at a single rope without the assistance of blocks or other mechanical powers upon it. As haul in, haul down, haul up, haul aft, haul together. Or dare I say, haul away Joe. And I explain this because we next have haul bowlings. Haul bowling? Okay, is that a game? You'd think, right? But it's actually the old name for able-bodied seamen. Oh, okay. That's not a way I would describe a person. I don't know where the bowlings bit comes in, but I'm assuming the haul bit is implying the man can haul. Or implying that he has to haul because he's got all that meat to carry around. Uh Uh-huh. Hauling down vacancy. Hauling down someone, there's someone who needs to haul down and they don't got him. The colloquialism expressive of the promotion of a flag lieutenant and midshipman on an admiral's hauling down his flag. Which basically means when an admiral retires, everyone below him gets auto-promoted. Oh, well, time to throw the admiral overboard. Hauling sharp. Uh, you're doing a really good job at hauling, my man. (laughs) You're hauling so good. It means going upon half allowance of food. Tightening the belt, as it were. Haul my wind. That seems like a prank you would play on someone that ends in a fart, but it's probably got something to do with the sails. I was thinking it would be like a seaman-like way to tell someone to fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) But it's actually an expression when an individual is going upon a new line of action to avoid quarrel or difficulty. Haven Screamer. Haven Screamer? Haven Screamer. That sounds like a cool new bird. My new band name. Yeah. In reality, it is the seagull. Aw. Presumably because it screams in the havens. (laughs) I love that. Aw, that's cute. I want to call them Haven Screamers from now on. Haven Screamer. Hearty. It's when you're good, good and strong. Got a hearty brew, you got a hearty body, a hearty oatmeal. It means open and free. My hearties, a cheerful salute to shipmates and seamen in general, and what cheer, my hearties, how fare ye, what's your news? Drink up, me hearties, yo-ho. Yo-ho. Heave and rally. Uh, well, that's when you get really drunk and you do an oopsie. (laughs) 
and then you feel better, so you keep drinking. An encouraging order to the men at the capstan to heave with spirit with a rush and thereby force the anchor out of the ground. When there is a rising sea, heave and rally implies heave and stand to your bars, the Pauls taking the strain, and the next wave probably lifting the anchor. For more on what a capstan is, check out our episode C, Heave and Away. That's when you work hard to get the boat to move. Kinda. Signifies that the next effort will start the anchor from its bed and make it a trip. Heave and away, sir, from the forecastle denotes that the anchor is away. It inspirits the men to run it to the bows rapidly. Oh, okay. Heave and in sight. You gotta get the sails down so that you can land. There, it's in sight. If only. A notice given by the boatswain to the crew when the anchor is drawn up so near the surface of the water as to be seen by the muddy water surrounding it. Oh. Heave and a wash. The same thing, but your boat gets blown back out to sea instead. <laughs> An encouraging call when the ring of the anchor rises to the surface and the stock stirs the water. Oh. And at last, the anchor is on the fucking boat and we can go. <laughs> Heave handsomely. Well, that's you gotta do it. Do it with the butt. You gotta cheat that butt out. Gently. Heave hearty. Do it rough. Heave strong and with a will. Yes. Heave out there! Go somewhere else. (laughs) So many of these should just be nautical ways to say fuck off. (laughs) In actuality, it is the order to hasten men from their hammocks. Hedgehogs. There's a good animal. Funny little guys. They are. But it is also a name formerly applied to vessels which rowed with many oars. Because they look like hedgehogs. Because they got a bunch of pins sticking out. (laughs) Aw, because they're all spikety. Having the heels of a ship. Uh, when you got some really nice heels. It means sailing faster. Oh. Hella float. It's floating so good, it's got hella float. <laughs> a vessel with a bad name for tyranny. Oh, hell afloat. Yes. I see. <laughs> the boat is not feeling hella good and going to keep on dancing. It is hell afloat. Feeling hella good and I'ma keep on floating. Feeling hell afloat and I'm gonna keep on boating. Hen frigate. That's a frigate that's got some women's on it. Yes, it is a ship wherein the captain's wife is interfered in the duty or regulations. I know that one. You do. Herring boning. Oh, that's the pattern where it looks like boneses. Herring boneses. Correct. It is a method of sewing up rents in a sail by small cross stitches by which the seam is kept flat and which is carried over from the sea into fashion. Oh, is that why you herring bone? That's interesting. Herring hog. That's a fish, fish pig a name for the porpoise <laughs> so yeah kinda Ah, that's cute if a pig were a fish it'd be a porpoise <laughs> herring hog herring pond there's a pond full of herring the atlantic ocean oh oh because it's full of herring yes <laughs> yes it is hind castle that's the castle behind me a word formerly used for the poop as opposed to forecastle. Oh, okay. And I would really appreciate it if we could bring this back because the amount of nautical things I get wrong on purpose just so I don't have to say the phrase poop deck. <laughs> I would much prefer to be saying Hindcastle. Please bring back Hindcastle. Thank you. Dude, you gotta be the change you want to see. It's Hindcastle now. Hitch. That's where you tie things to. Yes, it is a species of knot by which one rope is connected to another or to some object. Figuratively, it is applied to an impediment. It also signifies motion by a jerk. A seaman often quote-unquote hitches up his trousers, which have no lifts or braces. Hobanob. It's when you knob a hob. To drink cozily, the act of touching glasses and pledging a health. Oh, that's cute! And I'm also pretty sure it's where we get the phrase hobnobbing from. Oh, I want a hobnob with a cozy drink. 
Hog in armor. Well, you gotta protect the pig somehow. So, Briquette, for an ironclad ship, hold on with your nails and eyelids. Ugh. I don't like that at all. A derisive injunction to a timid climber. Oh, okay, that wasn't as bad. The not as bad as it could have been award. Yeah, it's gonna get full marks. Hold on, good sticks. What, good good sticks don't give up now. An apostrophe often made when the masts complain in a fresh squall or are overpressed and it is inadvisable to shorten sail. So you're basically begging the mass not to splinter under the pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, good sticks. Holy stone. It's the best stone you could find. A sandstone for scrubbing decks, so-called from being originally used for Sunday cleaning, or obtained by plundering churchyards of their tombstones, or because the seamen have to go on their knees to use it. Okay. And if seamen going on their knees makes something holy, well, I'll leave you to think up the rest. That's a romance novel, my friends. (laughs) Honest pounds. That's when you gain some weight, but, like, it's fine. You just like eating. Used in contradiction to purser's pounds. And the book tells us to go on and see Purser's Pounds, which is interesting because the phrase Purser's Pounds is not defined in this book. Furthering my supposition that this is the chapter where the editor just kind of gave up. (laughs) Go somewhere else. Hooker. Knitting, like a knitting niddle. It is Jack's name for his vessel, the favorite old hooker. Hoop. Well, this is for embroidering then. I've said it. In windbound ships in former times, the left hands of several boys were tied to a hoop and their right armed with a nettle. On the boatswing giving one a cut with his cat, the boy struck the one before him and each one did the same, beginning gently but becoming irritated they at last laid on in earnest. Also, a nautical punishment for quarrelsome fighters was that the two offenders, similarly fastened, thrashed each other until one gave in. The craven was usually additionally punished by the commander. All of this is presented without comment by our author, and I have several questions. Yeah. None of which are answered. Mainly, (laughs) how bored are you at sea that you're setting up child fighting rings? (laughs) Um, you don't have to even be that bored is the thing. Oh, no. (laughs) Horn-fisted. Is that when you're holding knives? No, but that's a good guess. It is having hands inured to hauling ropes. It's when your palms become tough as horn gnarled gnarly old hands horse potatoes whoa i didn't know they had those (laughs) it is the old word for yams horse potatoes horse potatoes why exactly yams used to be called horse potatoes is never explained catch me not ever calling them anything else now (laughs) hulk hulk oh smash is generally applied to a vessel condemned as unfit for the risks of the sea and used as a store vessel and housing for crews while refitting the vessels they belong to. There are also hulks for convicts. So basically, this is a boat that the English Navy has decided isn't good enough to go out to sea anymore, but repairing it's kind of out of the question a bit useless, so it just kind of sits in the harbor, and while it's there, we might as well put stuff on it, you know, like people (laughs) that we don't have space for on land. Okay, that's weird. The prison hulks were a big thing in the early part of the 19th century in England, because that was the period between being able to send prisoners to the American colonies and being able to send them to Australia. Ah. So, in between we have a colony in America and we have a colony in Australia. They had boats. <laughs> There's boats. There's a boat. You live here now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you're on the boat. Hurl a blast. Uh, I do that sometimes when I get real sick. <laughs> it is an archaic term for a hurricane. Oh, I love that. All right, bring that back. Bring that back immediately. Right? And finally, Huzif. 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 It sounds like a cute little animal. It does, doesn't it? 
It is a general corruption of housewife, a very useful contrivance for holding needles and thread and the like. Also known as a portable mini sewing kit, as mentioned by Hannah in our historical costuming episode for Our Flag Means Death. And with that, we are through with the letter H. I hope you had a hail and hearty time. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly at antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post on our Facebook group, Antiquesfreaks You can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you liked to hear jokes about people who are on boats, consider scrolling on down where you're listening to this podcast and leaving us a review. You can leave it entirely in sailor's language if you're so inclined and capable. We received a lovely review recently from Anorona titled Funny. Don't know where to start? Listen to the Varn of the Vampire episodes and witness the struggle of the host to read overcomplicated sentences out loud. I laughed so hard during those episodes. <laughs> Thank you, Norona. And if you heard the words Varn of the Vampire and felt intrigued and need more Antiques Freaks in your week, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where every week we read and review a chapter of the Victorian Fetty Dreadful Varn of the Vampire, The Feast of Blood. Contains far more nautical content than it ought, frankly. <laughs> Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. You. Au revoir. Goodbye.